welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allen. And I'm Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not again. We talked about Rudy Giuliani cosplay, Michael. Okay, I'll take the mask off then. My, no, my... okay, 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 keep the mask okay, on. Okay, all right. Now. It is actually <laughs> melting, not unlike his real face, so. Keep the mask on, but get rid of those chaps, baby. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, this isn't the Borat movie, so we're not going that direction with it. Uh, my name is Michael Tabor. This is Shitty Christians. Michael, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. That's true. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. That's sweet. Uh, is anyone having a happy Thanksgiving? Does that can that exist? So I'll be spending Thanksgiving alone. So okay. yes. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best uh, best way to do it. Uh, me and my partner are escaping to the woods uh, to get away from me. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, so I just, just wish you'd left the dog with me. I've had Aww, Thanksgiving alone before with a dog. No. Best Thanksgiving possible. We all agree. Yes, agreed. I, I actually have fond memories of my many holidays that I spent alone, where I was an orphan of the West Coast. That's right. Uh, you were out in the desert alone during many holidays. I, I totally did, and you know, people would always try to invite me. That's true. You know, to their Christmases and Thanksgivings. Throw and their relatives at you. Like, I don't want that at all. <laughs> no. I fucking hated that. Okay, that is a thing we can actually talk about for a second. Okay, here. yes. Is the reality of being a sort of younger, unmarried person, and then people are being like, hey, come just glom onto our Thanksgiving, and it's meant well. Let's oh, say, yeah, no, they, don't, was, they think it's sad that you're alone. It was alone. an act of love. It's an act of love that is terrible. Yeah, because every <laughs> single family yep. in the entire world That's right. is fundamentally broken <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's what family means and as a somewhat emotionally aware human being sure i just the the psychic mm. energy of dealing with yep. like the drama of an entire other household is just like oh it's so unpleasant my best holidays <laughs> including those that i spent with my own family was when i would go uh pick up a couple beers mm -hmm. drive into joshua tree hike yep. to a place drink the beers by myself and hike back out a little bit tipsy those those were that was a great that's a great holiday my probably my favorite thanksgiving i was like alone uh -huh. in santa barbara mm -hmm. with a very cool dog nice we got like we basically shared a rotisserie chicken. Mm, nice, that's a good. Move. And then went to the beach, where the dog rolled in not one but two dead seals. Okay, had, right. that dog had an incredible Thanksgiving too. <laughs> I was gonna say, was the dog having fun? No, the dog was having an absurd amount of fun. Just okay. like going to town, smiling, jowls flapping in the viscera. <laughs> it was a really unpleasant day for in that you know, part. Obviously, I don't love that dead seals are just washing right. up it's not on great. the shores of our beaches. It doesn't say anything great. But I'm glad that there's at least one creature that can relish the death yeah. of our climate. You know, use every part of the dead seal <laughs> is what our indigenous forebears would have said. Um, and so it was just... So that's why this Thanksgiving, feel free to give out that invite to your sad, pathetic single friends. Or don't, because there's a fucking pandemic but going on. But here's the thing. Just leave them alone. They're fine. They're happy. They're having a better time than you I'm are. I'm not going to speak to anyone else's emotional state. And <laughs> I'm actually not going to do the standardized liberal, like, Thanksgiving shaming, holiday yeah, shaming. Yeah, I'm actually not here for that either. Uh, I, I think that this is a very complicated time and that we are heading into a winter. It's an emotionally challenging time. I think people need to measure. Yeah, risk is complicated. Risk is complicated. But uh, just know that... At least if you invite us assholes, yeah, no. we would prefer to not. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I'm, I, I'm going to be disgusting by myself. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, Michael, what else are we talking about so this week? we're going to be talking about hot pastors and hotter lawyers. <laughs> uh, we'll be discussing Carl Lentz. I think that's how you say it. Who cares? You know um, what? We're not saying it how it used to be said in the old country. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, we're going to be talking about Carl, his uh, fairly swift fall from grace from yeah. being a pastor, one of the biggest and most sort of socially prominent megachurches in the country, mm. to being an unemployed dude in Los Angeles. That's right, Zachary. Carl has relocated his family to Los Angeles. We can go find him. He's probably on the beach. He's probably like 15 minutes away right now. Honestly, we probably could just have, wait, oh my God, we're going to invite him on the podcast. 
he does qualify. So we're going to be talking about Carl, his mistakes, uh, but also using that as sort of a lens to take a look at the larger yeah. Hillsong Church movement, which is mm-hmm. where I think this gets kind of interesting. Uh, but first, Zach, I feel like some things have been happening. I've been trying to take a little break from the old politics. Yeah, I mostly have been too, but I haven't been able to really look away from basically an attempted coup. Yeah. Sort of. It's, I, it's the like, risk of buying into like right. liberal pearl clutching about what essentially amounts <laughs> to a series of fraudulent lawsuits getting thrown out of court. Uh, <laughs> and by ever ex- more exasperated judges. Yeah, but I, I think uh, we were having a discussion about this earlier and you described it as like the uh, the Jurassic Park testing the fences. It's the yeah. Raptors testing. Like, however ineffective this is. Yeah. This was an early warning system. Yeah, and that's a that's kind of where I think we will we will we will bring it because I think so. Trump and his crack yeah, team of lawyers, Rudy this. Giuliani, have basically been in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, um, been just doing dozens of lawsuits claiming yeah. fraud without going into tremendous detail because it doesn't really matter because it's essentially yeah, fiction because it, it's pointless. Yeah. yeah um, they are basically going around and saying all kinds of mail-in ballots are fraudulent. And at what Dominion point, voting systems yeah, are Domin- owned by yeah. Venezuela and have been changing Which all the votes. Amazing because Rudy Giuliani is the one with ties to Venezuela. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, there's all these things. At one point, without going into the details, they asked for se- all 7 million votes basically to be invalidated in Pennsylvania. Isn't that incredible? Which, You're just like, fuck a whole state. Could you just get rid of Pennsylvania? <laughs> I think Philly's like the fifth largest city in the country. Like, Pennsylvania's yeah. a major state. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, There's a lot of fucking people there. Uh, what are you talking about? You're like, what if Pennsylvanians didn't vote? <laughs> I do think, I know it's been mean to death. I think the hair dye thing is amazing. Oh, what it's was crazy. that? What the fuck, I, man? I forget what the name is, but it's essentially a touch up gel. Uh, I I found a hairdresser oh, on Twitter. So it's it's designed to sort of get you through until you can get like your next actual dye job. That's yep. what they were theorizing. But as they mentioned, yep. you can melt under extreme heat or hot lights. <laughs> Just uh, like, and so, but yeah. I can't get over that picture. No, it's, it's, this is a man who charges twenty thousand dollars a day to the Trump campaign. Oh yeah, and like, and he is actually melting on camera like the, the, he is wicked witch of of the north in it super hard i at one point i on fox news he admitted to when he was discussing these fraudulent claims that he was indulging in some hyperbole which i think is pretty <laughs> great for the president's lawyer but here's my favorite exchange yeah please giuliani i'm not quite sure i know what opacity means <laughs> It probably means you can see, right? (laughs) (laughs) It means you can't, said U.S. District Judge Matthew Brand. Big words, Your Honor, Giuliani said. Wow. So good. America's mayor, ladies and germs. The hero of 9-11. At one point, they were in Michigan doing a lawsuit, and they were mentioning... uh, they were mentioning counties in Minnesota. Oh, I, heard, I did hear about instead that Instead of Michigan. So good. Counties that they won. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so there are Federalist Society judges yeah. that are clowning on these lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Like, this is full on, like, even the people that are monsters, the people that are high on adrenochrome are yeah. like, dude (laughs) well yeah i think what we're seeing is a really interesting line being drawn in the sand between the republican project Mm -hmm. uh that and the federalist society that that has brought these judges to the fore and you know has existed long before trump oh yeah and will exist long after and then the the trumpian thing and what trump was counting on was like everyone who's got an R next to them or like came mm. up through this thing, just sort of falling in lockstep behind him, not realizing that this project is actually much bigger than Trump. Right. But what he also has is the populace or at least, right. you know, a huge portion of yeah. his voters. I mean, I, I don't know how trustworthy these statistics are, but we keep seeing things like 70, 80% huge of amounts. Republicans believe that this election is fraudulent. Which and that is you couple the, immediate voter 
sort of paranoia. Yeah, falling into lockstep behind with, with basically all federal level elected Republicans mm-hmm. being like just not saying anything. They're like Mitt Romney, which who gives a shit? Yeah, fuck, fuck off. off. <laughs> Mitt, Rom- yeah. Mitt Romney. We're at- so much angrier at Mitt Romney than like Mitt Romney is not better than the Nazis. No. I'm just saying. But that. he thinks he is, and yeah. that's infuriating. It is annoying. It, the the like virtue signaling. Oh man, I'd step into traffic, Mitt Romney. But like, what's actually scary is you have like fifty Republican senators, hundreds of Republican representatives at federal level just being okay with a coup attack. Yeah. It- Willing to wait it out. Yeah, like, willing pretty to much say. Even McConnell, who initially was like, yeah, I don't know about all this. Like, yeah. had a meeting with Barr and then came out and was like, yeah, I mean, I think he should, like, tr- have his day in court. Like, you know, everyone, just the, just the wait and see. Yeah. Just the, like, eh, it's it you works have out. an entire half of our, uh, of our government and basically an enormous percentage of their supporters are okay with a coup if it had worked. The yeah. only thing that stopped this are a handful of people at the state level. Many yeah. of whom are Republicans and some judges mm-hmm. not being down with it. And I have to say, I appreciate those people doing their jobs. Sure, sure. I mean... But, like, I gotta say, that's not gonna hold if you get somebody that's not Rudy fucking Giuliani who's not familiar with the what the word opacity. <laughs> if this had been done competently or if this had been done by somebody with the backing of the military, I actually don't see a reason why it would have stuck. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think, I think what we're seeing is just flailing at the wall. Right. Of and, course, and that's funny, and that, and it is hilarious. But I am absolutely a, like made very nervous by the lack of like federal Republican response. Yeah, uh, and I am absolutely, uh, you know, upset that like even this terrible attempt was <laughs> right. able to convince so many people. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I think it says bad things for the future of our democracy. And, and what I, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much guarantee Republicans will try this again, very possibly more successfully in yeah, 2028, I mean, 2032, whenever the next time they lose another presidential election. Yeah. The, it's, it's almost a meme at this point, but the next Trump will be younger and smarter. Like, yeah. He duh. can't not be. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not a, it, not a high bar to pass. People always say Tom Cotton, but, uh, I think it's going to be Madison Cawthorn out oh, of, uh, uh, I, I think not necessarily. it might not, that person might not be on the stage yet. I yeah. Actually I actually think, think that that's it's a truth. little too early to be in the race. No, One I of the agree. things that gave Trump, his yeah. boost, and then we'll get off of this, uh, is that he had, you know, a lot of public persona, but no background in politics. Right. Whereas all these people are getting nailed down to positions that they're, it's going to hurt them later. Anyways, meanwhile, Biden raises millions of dollars. Great. Uh, after having hundreds of millions in the check chest he's out there being like oh we really need this 10 million dollars of transition money will you please please help us two days later the money gets released it'd be like making a thousand dollars a week at your job and asking your mom and dad for 50 dollars a week for groceries like dude yeah, what are you, it, what are it you is doing absurd from in you know he said if you can as liberals were yelling at me when i complained about this uh he said if you can but I still think there is something no, it's absurd disgusting. about crowdfunding your fucking transition team after you've already raised over a billion dollars and you're the goddamn president. Politicians shouldn't fundraise. Anyways. The, the, anyway. <laughs> and of course, you know, his uh, his cabinet members are all ghouls. We'll get oh, into that another time. Complete sure. monsters. Fucking so scary. All of these people terrify me, especially the guy with the band. Uh, anyways, moving forward to happier happier things at least sexier things uh yeah undeniably that is true uh let's talk a little bit about carl shall we carl uh, carl, carl so as we already mentioned <laughs> carl is one of the head pastors of mm. hillsong church in new york yes uh there is maybe you know he belongs to sort of a cadre mm. of what i think have been called hipster pastors but hipsters kind of dead language at this point yeah you know, it's a little it's a little pat. I've heard hype priest. I like that one. I think that's I think a little hype closer. Hype priest is pretty great. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit more of the actual like sort of aesthetic that these guys pull off. It, it is definitely what he would prefer to be called. Of course. And Zach, maybe you, as somebody who's a little <laughs> more fashion forward than I am, you know, you've got some sneakers. Let's 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 walk not. me through Carl's look. Can you? So I think Carl, what's interesting about Carl's look is it definitely, it, it is, you know, I'm going to steal a little bit of your sort of description of this. It's try hard hype beast. He does achieve a certain amount of successful hype beast, but he also goes too far with it. Yeah. So some of the sneakers are great. They're a little bit sort of, you know, like well-known sort of like 
I want to act like he got yelled at, and a lot of these pastors get yelled at for wearing expensive sneakers. But like you know, he's wearing like you know Fear of God ones. He's wearing some Yeezys. He's wearing <laughs> Jordans. Like I mean, if he got them at retail, which isn't hard if you're famous or well known, they're like a couple hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not that crazy. Uh, I think I think the people that were getting yelled at were getting yelled at for shoes in the thousands. Yeah, well they're usually worth thousands, but they don't usually retail for thousands. Yeah, but this guy, there's no way this guy is doing drops no, or even getting it back. I'm channeled. not saying he like, does the drops, but I mean I feel like it's pretty easy if you're friends with Justin Bieber. Those shoes are probably just around. Justin Bieber probably has thousands of shoes. Sure, this, this is possible. I think these people spend extensively. Yeah, of course. So I'm not giving them that pass. But I also think they probably ahead. spent that same amount of money on leather shoes. You just We just yeah. can't is easily be yeah, like, yeah. No, that totally. is that, you know, that. Like, but anyway, uh, you know. But <laughs> This became a defensive <laughs> sneaker. No, sneakers are good. <laughs> no, sneakers are bad. Every sneaker is made with child labor in some horrific factory that should be shut down immediately. That's there is true. no such thing as a good sneaker. But here's the thing. Carl's trying too hard. His pants are too tight. Yeah. His pants are this actually... This is a classic pastor problem. He thinks... It is a classic pastor problem. When they Even go when for khakis. the tight pants, they don't, they don't understand. There are levels, man. There are levels. And so sometimes he'll have like the Supreme Box tee and like athletic you know just like athletic shorts and mm -hmm. that kind of works sure that kind of works but most of the time he's going too much he's doing too much yeah he's a little bit too more much maroon five and not enough justin bieber yeah he's wearing all the oh, jewelry that's so good he's wearing a, that's so good he's wearing a leather jackets with too many zippers mm. and the pants are too tight and the scoops are too much man yeah, I, I would say he is the most successful execution yeah. of that style that exactly. we have in the church. And clearly, it works well enough. Yeah. It makes it well enough. You know, his the, church... He's a pastor. The bar is lower. Of course. <laughs> um, he's also likes taking his shirt off a lot. Yeah. Uh, that, I was scrolling through his That Instagram. is successful. <laughs> uh, when we talk about deep Vs, we are not talking about his shirts. We are talking about his crotch. Because, like, man, those like whatever those little pointer muscles yep. are called are prominently featured on many of his He's photos. doing the damn thing. Do your own, as Q would tell you, do your own research. <laughs> I would say close your uh, door as well. Uh, we're going to get into more of his, like, celebrity connections and yeah. what their church is actually about. But just to lay it all out. Carl had an affair um, yep. with a 34-year-old designer in New York. Um, hey, I hate to tell you how refreshed I am that she's 34. Yeah. No, I mean, we were talking about this because, like, obviously that's horrible. Don't but, don't cheat. That's fucking gross. But every time you come to be, like, a pastor, I assume, I'm like, oh, so she's 16. Yeah, exactly. Like, a, a refreshing breath of, like, mostly consensual adultery. Yeah. A grown-ass woman, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. The bar is very low here, guys. Uh, evidently, she's been in the media, she, you know, yeah. talking about things, you know. Uh, evidently, his signature move was texting, um, <laughs> save me a spot on my favorite couch and showing up with a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Now, to me, to me, that strikes me of the same sort of, like, slightly try-hard energy as the sure. clothing. But, Zach, you called it a baller move. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. Youth group moves work. You know? Here's yeah. the, like, that, she saved him a spot. Yeah. Undeniably, it was effective. She claims she was in love with him. Also, chicks love tequila. Yeah, and, and men love tequila. People like tequila, People Michael. People do like tequila. I'm not denying that. I don't particularly care for it outside of a margarita. But margaritas are great. Yeah, margaritas. You can always make a margarita. Actually, you know what? Tequila and a Bloody Mary is also pretty good. Ooh. I'm going to rescind my. <laughs> That's uh, right, yeah. I'm, I'm going to also get a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I will also point out that he was not initially honest with her about who he was. He started this affair under false pretenses. <sighs> See, that's a bummer. Which is not great. Uh, she did eventually find out and stayed with him. Um, okay. And, but again, I'm not really trying to like elucidate the morality of this clearly yeah. terrible thing. Right. I'm just pointing out he had an affair. Yep. And then immediately he was fired. The press release from Hillsong said, ongoing discussions in relation to leadership is issues, breaches of trust, plus a recent revelation of moral failures. And then and then you have the sort of public shaming. Like right. uh, Vanity Fair reporting, Justin and Haley Bieber have unfollowed disgraced celebrity pastor Carl Lentz on Instagram. <gasps> Vanity what's, fucking What's so Fair. funny about that is Vanity Fair has done some done of the- crazy journalism. Oh, incredible reporting. Some of the best Epstein reporting oh, is yeah. still Vanity Fair. 100%. I mean, obviously, it's just a webpage. Right, but I no, just but thought very that was a, a great headline to see under Vanity Fair. I can't uh, believe similarly hard-hitting investigative journalist, uh, journalism site, people.com. 
uh, <laughs> noted that Laura Lentz, Carl's wife, uh, was out um, getting a, a tan. She went to a tanning salon sure. without her wedding ring. What? Now, sources close to Laura claimed okay. that she only did this because she wanted to protect her ring. Okay. However, she was wearing other rings. Oh, damn. Drama. <laughs> but... I think the thing that I want to focus on yes. that is kind of weird is that he got fired. I That's actually blew our minds. But explain to our listeners who yeah. might think, like, that seems correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not because he didn't deserve to be yeah, fired. Yeah, he obviously deserves uh, to be fired. But, but that's not the play. We've done a lot of these mm, at this point. We, right. we have charted the downfall of many, <laughs> many evangelical figures many sexy on this men. here podcast. <laughs> this is never how it goes down. It's no, always... So it, there's a, there's a, it's, we know the there's a playbook. Steps. Yeah. You deny. Then yep. when you can't deny, you say we're doing an investigation. Then you That's do right. an in, in-house investigation, declare that everything was fine. Then when you, people realize that things weren't actually fine, then you place the pastor on leave for three to six months and hope it blows over, comes back. And hopefully if it all works out for the monster, that's that's the end of the playbook. Otherwise, you're probably getting fired. Yeah. But that's the playbook. That's the playbook. You talk a lot about forgiveness. You talk a lot about growth. You talk a lot about how we're all sinners. Stumbling. Again, well established. Yeah. So when I read, like, oh, and he was fired, like, two days later after this was public, uh, I was like, whoa. Yeah. No, this that's is, crazy. This is, this is Woodward seeing the president's lawyers, yep. like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, helping the people that robbed uh the dnc plead out and being like wait why are they here it just it just sent me down a path because like i knew about hillsong but i didn't know about hillsong (laughs) so in order to understand what's really going on here i do think we need to dig in a little bit to who carl is beyond just his look so like beyond just the thoughty yeah beyond beyond just being a dude (laughs) Because, like, I think the truth is that Carl is just one small part of a much larger grift. Mm. And he was easily the most yes. visible part to right. the outside world, you know, the most connected to celebrity, the guy who was selling it to the masses, yes. making GQ take notice and write, like, long-form articles about him, putting fancy butts in fancy seats. <laughs> That's an L.A. term. <laughs> yeah. Are you um, one of those people with a fancy butt? Yeah. At, at Carl the Baptist, no followbacks. Like, but the organization that he's been part of has been around since the 80s. Right. There we go. And they've been up to some shit. But first, let's talk a little bit more about Carl. Who is Carl beyond a man that just likes to take his shirt off a lot? (laughs) Particularly around other men also with their shirts off, particularly if that other man is Justin Bieber. One of Carl's big claims to fame is that he baptized Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Like this, this whole thing with Bieber. Like he, yeah. there's a lot of celebrities in the wings, but Carl yes. and Bieber had something special. And I think Bieber's incredibly interesting human being. Incredible, absolutely. I could, we, we could, can, we can make a whole Bieber cast. Yeah, like, and that might be our next project. I, I genuinely think. No, I'm serious. Every yeah. pop star is a victim. Just yeah. so we're clear. And every child star for yeah. sure. Like, oh, one hundred. Scooter Braun was his fucking manager. Oh, <laughs> like Horror. I'm going to send him ten dollars because of that, and he's just a Bieber. So. In this GQ profile yes. that is written, that is actually a really incredible oh, piece of writing. I'm going to put it in the description. You should. It um, is is one of the best features I've ever read. Oh, yeah. I sent it to you months and months ago before yeah. any of this affair stuff broke. Just being like, wow, this is like pretty good. Because you, you I, have... And I cried at the end. Did you really? It. Yeah. Oh, it's that's so good. It's good. It's really good. It's the story of a woman who's a, secularly, uh, a secular Jew mm-hmm. and her... Seeing and feeling this yeah. community and connecting with Carl and then like being held back uh, because she can tell that the theology is off yeah. and weird and, and restrictive in ways that Carl doesn't really want to talk about but is there. But that's still that longing for connection. Well, it's 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 that longing for something real, man. Yeah. And it, it sucks that like... It's, you ca- we were kind of joking around at this and you're like, Zach, are you arguing for the God-shaped hole? I'm not. This woman and Justin yeah. Bieber are arguing, are arguing for, for the God-shaped hole. And, and Carl is here <laughs> to ruin that. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> Bieber at one point was living with Carl. Incredible. Uh, That's actually fascinating. For a month and a half. You have maybe the biggest pop star in the world, especially at this time, yeah. living with you. Yeah, he, who has just con- completed a long ride down to like his crappiest album, yeah. some drug issues. Infamy. Like, you know, Genuinely a person who is hurting. Yeah. Living with Carl for a month and a half. And then Justin Bieber decides he wants to get baptized. And not only that, it needs to happen now. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, because, like, 
imagine you're 23 or whatever. No. And you're like, I need to be baptized. Why would you wait? No, it, again, <laughs> I think also... it speaks to a certain sincerity. Yeah. Uh, we love Justin Bieber. No, I guess we're saying. I, mean, like... I could not name you a single Justin Bieber song. Yummy. <laughs> How <laughs> okay. dare you? All right, so I'm just going to read this couple of paragraphs because I think it's really, really good. So Justin wanted slash needed a baptism. So Pastor Carl and Pastor Judah and Justin Bieber got in a car, which is already the start of a, a great <laughs> sentence. And they were driven in one of the church's suburbans to the Manhattan Hotel where Hillsong rents p- the pool for baptisms. Oh, sure. But when they got there, hundreds of people were outside waiting. Someone had tipped off the tabloids. Pa- Pastor Carl ca- called a friend whose apartment complex has a pool. But when they arrived, dozens of people were waiting there, too. I just See, love like, it's so madcap. Yeah. Like, first of all, it's madcap. Secondly, the last I'll say about Justin, I think that's that's it's hard to be normal and have yeah. a good life. It's when you can't go to a you're place. You're just trying to get a late night baptism at your buddy's <laughs> pool. But kind of honestly though, man. No, it's 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 really bizarre. Okay, so <laughs> So I called my boy, Carl says. <laughs> Carl has many boys. <laughs> but in this case, his boy was Tyson Chandler, who was then on the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah. It was 2 a.m. The Knicks had beaten the Miami Heat earlier that night. He knew Tyson lived in a fancy Upper West Side building with a pool. He said, bro, I'm in a jam. I have JB with me. He wants to get baptized. <laughs> this sounds like our conversation before the pod. <laughs> and he's like, done. Easy. But then they arrive, and there's no access to the pool. It's too late. It's closed. Tyson realizes he might have another solution. He reminds Carl that he's seven feet tall and that his bathtub was built to spec. Justin Bieber is slightly tinier than that. So they go upstairs to Tyson's place and Tyson's wife makes some food and lays down some towels and Justin gets into the tub and down Justin Bieber goes and he comes out of the water and he is reborn. Incredible, wasn't he? Wasn't Justin crying at, after? Yeah, he got, yeah, yeah. There, there are pictures of him like yeah, sobbing like, in Carl's arms. Like, I find that really moving and sad that it was with someone like Carl. I know it's really unfortunate that like this genuine, I think, experience, and clearly yeah. Carl, like for whatever reason, was able to provide something for him. Of how course. how much of that was spiritual guidance? I can't say. Uh, but like this was clearly a, a moment in Justin Bieber's life that mattered to him, and it sucks that it was with a guy who was who was scripting. Yeah. So I think that's really instructive. Yeah, I think, and, and I think if you uh, sort of chart that moment of meeting that emotional need, and then follow other stories about Carl and mm. Justin, where like Justin would pop up a lot on Carl's Instagram. He loved having Justin with him in those shots. Uh, one of Justin Bieber's associates describes like Carl going like too hard in planes with Justin, like just immediately popping bottles every time or showing up at a bar with Justin in Australia and just like taking off his shirt and doing body shots with people. Oh, like, wow. That's a, yeah, just that's like, a move kind of next level. Uh, yeah. You know, that person who clearly had no experience was just like, yeah, I mean, I know he's like new agey and stuff, but it still seemed a little weird for a pastor, <laughs> which is great. Both because like, obviously don't do that when you're a pastor dog um (laughs) and also like he's not actually new agey right the actual theology of hillsong is very conservative but they do a good job covering it up anyways caitlin Beatty, who is a theologian she was an editor at christianity today for a while made Mm. a note that like one of the other interesting issues with carl is that like he is straight thirst trapping yeah and he is coming out of a culture that has spent decades policing women's bodies under claims of modesty yeah oh there is no female carl lentz out there taking like their straps oh no it would be absolutely unacceptable within the circles that he runs in for this to be a thing like and i have to say i knew that this guy was like somewhat built but when i went to his instagram i was like oh these are like notably sexual in a way i was not anticipating i was expecting more like workout shots and, yeah like, no like a little bit more of the just wife beater and a little bit less of the like deep crotch feet oh yeah um there was a lot of deep crotch feet we've mentioned it several times it'll keep coming up <laughs> i don't even know how that Look, works i haven't slept last night but like, <laughs> uh but she just knows like you know she was told at one point to start wearing a different bra size because it was distracting right uh well when i think about some of the, like the women we've known at church oh yeah they've come up to them um 
and complained about like the lipstick they were wearing being distracting. Oh wow, jeez, that's that's even a level that I haven't <laughs> like, seen. Like it's in the way women's bodies are policed in the church and in the world, but particularly the church is not okay. Well, yeah, no, deeply not okay, and also the way that like women's bodies and clothing and choices become their they become responsible for men's minds right like in a way that is just psychotic to be like oh uh you wore this thing so now you yeah. are responsible for brad over here fucking douchebag brad who with his crippling porn and hentai addiction but somehow you wore a, a <laughs> like shirt that was one inch too low and and, and that means yeah. or like and now you have a slutty clavicle yeah okay. <laughs> And now Brad's going to hell because of you. Um, just fucking psychotic. And and yeah, I, I think her point was not to make a pro-modesty argument that right. we should have the same no. crappy standards for both. But just to say that, like, this would never be allowed uh, for anyone else. Yeah. And also, like, the point that she makes that I think is really telling is, like, there's a difference between a pastor who is attractive to people, whether right. that's physically or, you know, charismatically, mm, right. and a pastor who wants to attract people. Right. And uh, and it became very clear that Carl liked people liking him. Carl liked people looking at him. Yeah. Carl liked the attention. And that's when it can get really toxic because especially for these mega churches, who are you trying to hire? Someone who does have charisma, someone who can draw people in. And again, I think that's problematic. I think Of course. Yeah, you know, for a lot of theological reasons we won't get into. But it is kind of interesting how uh, it's very John Edwards. I, I listened to a John Edwards documentary it's, this week. Yeah, I see that. And he was another guy who got really high on his own supply of how awesome he was and uh, led him to uh, equally uh, terrible. John Edwards is such a piece of shit. Oh, I my God. We, we got to do a pod on him. It would honestly be worth it because God, there's a lot there. Okay, that's Carl. Yeah. High on his own supply. Celebrity chasing. You know oh, that yeah. line between spiritual advisor to celebrities mm. and spiritual glomer on to celebrities. Absolute star fucker. I mean, Ugh. he wanted to do the thing we all want to do. Like, friends with celebrities to celebrity. He wanted I don't to want make to the transition. That. Michael, you have a podcast. I Yeah. I, I will say I don't have very developed thoughts on celebrity. Then we came to an article by a former member. And I think this is where, like, we can start to expand mm. the scope back from Carl a little bit. Like, because her take is not that, like, Carl was a villain, but that he was a child. And he was a child that was oh, useful for a time. Yeah. Uh, and then they kicked him to the curb when he wasn't. And she describes her experience because she was one of the founding members of Hillsong, New York. Oh, wow. So maybe we can lay it out here. Hillsong started in Australia. They're, they have uh, churches in, like, 24 countries. Wow. Uh, 150,000 members. They, they're, they're, it's all considered the same church for them, you know, just different locations, Oof. which is already, you know, starting to get a little weird. No. Um, uh, we tried that once, and they were called the Catholic Church. Yeah, and, and there's more to get into in terms of their, like, scope and reach. But she was attending one of the Australian branches mm. and then came to New York to help found this church. And she describes, like couple she was working under uh and this is before we ever get to carl but i think it's really telling she goes once they no longer had to be friendly to convince people to build their things we were no longer friends uh, we were all servant leaders emphasis on leader for them and servant for us we would clean their apartment and rearrange furniture before and after each meeting whoa we would bring snacks and then she quotes them and we know most of you are on struggle street but let's do everything with excellence and steer clear of the store brands okay Ugh. <laughs> struggle street yeah okay yeah that almost more offensive than the actual like uh, claim here you can pay people more uh yeah <laughs> no it, brutal but it sets up this idea that like there's a lot of expectations being placed on people right. that are doing work in these organizations and and specifically she says to speak up or to question was to dishonor to not give sacrificially of your time money energy and talents was to be half-hearted and to want to be recognized, paid, or promoted was doing those things for the wrong reasons. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really well said. It's, it's, uh, it really sets up something that I think is uh, an interesting and challenging line even in healthy churches. Oh, yeah. That aren't trying to be exploitative the way that like churches exploit a lot of people. Um, yeah, and it is a real problem, as we know from loved ones in our lives and from your own experience yeah. uh, in nonprofits. I personally would never work for an organization doing good work, but from what I understand, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, strictly Lockheed Market Martin for you. Uh, morally, Welcome to the Biden administration, by the way. That's thanks, amazing. Thanks, thanks, thanks. 
what was also interesting about Janie, she goes by Janie the cat, uh, yeah. is that she's a black woman. That is interesting. Uh, in a church that did not tend to promote black women. No. Um, and she did a ton of work. She was a backstage stage manager. Uh, she led a connect group. Uh, she used to write for one of the pastors. Wow. Starting with like jokes and intros and increasingly like full sermons. So she was ghostwriting sermons, not for Carl, but for one of the other pastors. Incredible. Meanwhile, she got to know Carl pretty well. And yeah. she says, like, she had a pretty good relationship with See, him. See, I think this is actually really interesting. I think, it, you know, she says, and knowing that issues of infidelity are what ultimately brought him down, let me be clear that there was never any type of that impropriety between us. Any abuse of power in our relationship was the good, old-fashioned, irritating, mansplaining kind. He was a diva with a tendency to text recklessly. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> That's an incredible line. Speaking yeah. of writer, he was a diva with a tendency to text <laughs> recklessly. Like, that is like a short story. Like, yeah. that's the opening of a novel. No, it is. It is. And and she sort of describes it like... <laughs> like, how do you text? Recklessly. <laughs> Calvin Klein. Recklessly. Like, it's just really good. Uh, text reckless. Uh, <laughs> Man, like... It's the new Liv Moss. That's like. so good. <laughs> yeah, and so she sort of describes like having this fairly close relationship with him where sure. she felt like she could call him on his bullshit and would mm. and get mad at him especially as she was growing a little bit more disabused of Hillsong in general right she would call them out being like hey why like she, she said as a single black woman who has given so much of myself my time and my talents it hurt to watch lesser qualified white boys waltz into positions I would never even be considered for Oof. because God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called right <laughs> but it wasn't just about me the lack of platform diversity in the most diverse city in the world was stunning. Right. So I would question him. Women make up more than half the congregation, but only preach from the platform three or four times a year. The congregation is full of people of color and full of single people. But every time God adds a new pastor to the staff or preaching rotation, it's a married white man. I think the married, I really appreciate her mentioning the married there too. Oh yeah, no, it's, it, she, she nails it. I, I would say that we have to do better. He would say he agreed, but we had to wait for God to someday bring a single and or female and or black or POC person with the skills needed. Meanwhile, this single black female could write studies good enough for the whole church to use and sermons good enough for someone else to preach. But never mind. Whew. Damn. Yeah. She was not texting recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, was, that was some intentional texting right there. Fuck, that's uh, yeah. good. And this then, is uh, good. I can't, I it's came, it's yeah. good writing, and it, it speaks to so many issues so well. Yeah. It speaks to the way that, like, and, you know, this is true for a lot more than Hillsong. This has yeah, been yeah, our yeah. experience in evangelical circles, too, is, like, of course. women's labor is always exploited and never valued properly. They're never given the mic, but they do do a lot of work to get uh, other people in and around the mic. I honestly, I, I have not seen somebody ghostwriting someone else's sermons though. That's like pretty That's next a new level, level. Even for the crazy shit that we grew up with. Um, and then she says in the end, I realized that Hellsong was never going to change. And that even if Carl really wanted it to be an equitable place, and maybe he did, it wasn't really his call. Ultimately, Hillsong wasn't his church, and Hillsong isn't built for or interested in equality. And I think that's what it, what it gets to is like, who was Carl? Carl was actually not the person that created Hillsong. No. He was a guy that got brought in because he had a lot of skills with connecting with rich and powerful people. But Hillsong is its own thing. Huh. And I really appreciated having this voice to both speak to the ways in which Carl is obviously, uh, you know, as she said, Oh, this is such a good final line. A leader cannot be that corrupt within a good structure with nobody noticing for so long, especially not Carl. Emotional, <laughs> spoiled, pampered, and coddled Carl. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. I know. I yes! know bless his heart yes! is like kind of meme at this point, but that is one of the no. best uses I have seen in a long time, and I love it. It's still good. <laughs> and it does such a good job of like, who is Carl? Like, Carl, Carl is a fucking asshole who cheated on of his wife. Of course. Sure. But like... Carl is also a person that got caught up in a system that pre-existed him. That's right. That will continue without him. And the reason that Carl didn't get the same treatment as all these other pastors is because Carl is ancillary. That's There's right. a power behind the throne. And those people need that grift to keep going. So let's talk a little bit more about Hillsong Church. Let's set Carl Now down. that Carl is dead. <laughs> now that Carl is in Los Angeles, which means his life is over. And then... <laughs> Where everyone oh, goes to die. I will die. say this. 
I, I'm not trying to wade into appropriation discourse, but you know how Carl's got his sides shaved and a big poofy sure. pompadour thing? Mm-hmm. The last picture I saw of him, the tops were like, there were two like cornrow style brains no. going down. And it was like, oh, this is some rock bottom shit, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't really. just not a good look. Yeah, just, dude, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's more sad than anything. Uh, so Carl comes on the pod. We can talk more about that. But in the meantime, Hillsong. Hillsong existed since, I think, 1982. Wow. Uh, as I said, about 150,000 members, 24 countries. Interestingly, it has a music arm that is massive. Really? They have sold over 11 million records. Oh, my God. They, so, basically, they are Sony Music. Yeah. <laughs> like... uh, since 2017, their songs have been streamed 760 million times since the end of 2017. Uh, and that article was written a year ago. That was 10 million fewer than, once again, Justin Bieber. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a lot of shoot, and uh, their songs are sung by an estimated fifty million people every week. They're just sung by like France, basically yeah. every yeah. week. Well, if you think about it, um, we grew up singing yeah, the song songs like uh, "Shout to the Lord." Like, to the Lord okay, all right, all right, shut it down. <laughs> and one of Hillsong's very smart things that they did is one, they sort of pioneered this CCM style, yes, or like the more upbeat worship style. And two, yeah, it was like darling, darling they let jazz. Anybody all use it, right? Which sounds generous, but and it was a great way to build their brand. It's for it's a very actually long brilliant time, uh, because clearly people would buy albums, they would uh, mm. go see concerts. They now have like three house bands, including a youth centered, vaguely EDM flavored one that mm. is hilarious. No. Like clearly, these people are good at this thing. Generally, they've right. done it at a very high level for a lot of years. But man, that that one they have they have like a worship service but it's in this sort of vaguely clubby area and these slightly edm inspired but still fundamentally like jonas brother style worship songs uh and people are still kind of trying to rave worship like you should look it up it's so good because you know carl at least almost convincingly pulls off right. cool yeah. this is this is the glamour falling off yeah and, and the scales falling Christians your eyes and just being like only oh, keep it man, going you for so really long. could not pull this off anyways it's a massive massive arm it makes them millions every year yeah and the way that they have it set up mm-hmm. is a little dare we say exploitative no shocking i know <laughs> I did read one one uh, one quote that I thought was pretty good for yeah. a couple reasons. Hillsong has done for Christian music what the Dixie Tricks did for country and western, made it blonde, sexy, and mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and that GQ article had a great moment where she was talking about the songs, where she says, tonally and tunefully, it's a Jonas Brothers song. Lyrically, it's a hymn. And yet the singing is hot-breathed and sexy close into microphones. It left me, my body feeling confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that writer yeah. so much. It's so good. So music is huge for Hillsong. They actually right. were initially had another name. And Hillsong was their music division. And then they changed their church to the name of their music division. Incredible. Uh, because this became so right. worldwide and popular. Uh, so one, a lot of their singers don't have salaries. <laughs> cool good uh, job not unlike mo- most uh, a lot of other churches that you might have like a few that receive a salary mm. from the church but most work as volunteers of especially course. in the especially for the churches but even for the uh, records second every recorded song has two copyrights a mechanical royalty for the music and lyrics and one for the actual performers of the piece for every hillsong creation the performance royalty goes to the church Incredible. so the writers of the music get paid but everyone that performs on any Hillsong album, again, we're talking hundreds of millions of streams, yep. over 10 million sold, none of those people get a dime. Oh, man. And because it is a church making that music, all of that money is also tax-free. It reminds me of those guys in the 30s who got snapped up. Yeah. Just made nothing. Yep. No, 100%. All those, all those blues performers. It is. It is exploitative in the same way with the added ability to make that ideologically an act of service rather than an act of your labor being exploited so like hillsong's biggest hit 2013 oceans where feet may fall yeah nearly nine minutes oh my god it spent 
61 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs chart. Whoa. Granted, I'm not sure how competitive that, that chart is, but still, 61 weeks. Jeez. It's been in the top 10 every year since it released. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a banger. When uh, <laughs> when Skrillex remixed it, incredible. That drop. Uh, I thought it the was drop cool. or the feet drop. I thought it was cool that Wu got on the cut. Like, that was really nice. <laughs> um, it was cool to see him branching out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but the lead singer, Taya Smith, will never see a dime of the song's royalties. That's so sad. She may be paid by the church, but the men who wrote the song, Joel Houston, Matt Crocker, and Salomon Ligthelm. I wasn't able to find numbers for their specific music income, mm-hmm. but their total income is nearly $100 million for Hillsong a year. The church, not yeah, the writers. For the church, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again... Uh, a lot of money going in, not a ton coming back out to the people that are doing all of yeah. the work and labor that are making this hmm. happen. It's gross. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, um, but we should mention that their theology is crappy. Yeah, it, it at least uh, at least seems relevant. It comes up. Uh, it comes up. It, in the GQ article where she's sort of trying to pin him down on like abortion, uh, gay rights, yeah. all things. And and Carl, man, does he matrix his Sweet, way simple this. Carl is he trying so trying. hard to just be yeah. like, Ugh. he's really just trying to be like, let me just love you and don't ask me these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what he said to the lady he was having an affair with, as it turned out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when Carl was working at the New York Hillsong, the co founder is Joel Houston. Okay. Joel Houston is the son of the entire church's founder, Brian Houston. Ah. And Brian Houston is himself the son of a charismatic preacher uh, who had a fairly large following in Australia. Okay. I don't know his name. We'll get to him later. But Brian has been around for a long time. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian's not great. Yeah. Brian, um, <laughs> Brian has been investigated for some like slightly fraudulent accounting. Uh, Brian. How do I describe Brian? Brian is a little more mask off. And I think that's why Carl was valuable to them. Because it's a charismatic denomination where no one's usually speaking in tongues. Mm. It's like Carl sort of helped put a nice veneer on it. Yeah. But Brian is a hardcore prosperity gospel dude. And he wrote a book. It's called You Need More Money. (laughs) I feel like that's usually the subtext, man. (laughs) No, it's... uh, it's a whole thing. And that's what he is. He's a prosperity right. gospel type. And now we can connect that back to sneakers right. and shoes mm-hmm. and celebrity. And I think all of those things become ways to preach prosperity gospel without having to necessarily say it from the pulpit. Right. Uh, and that's why, like, whether he got the shoes for 200 or bought them uh, off-grailed for 4000 like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the point is that, like... If you follow God and you're consistent in your in in right. in, in your service in your right. sacrifice, you too can have the limited edition blah blah blah. I don't know. You can probably come up with something for that. You weird sneaker fuck. Sneakers are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for sneakers. With that said, there's one final thing you need to know, which is that Brian Houston was also investigated. Oh, what? That's a uh, shock. He was investigated for allegations that he covered up his father's pedophilia. Oh, you. His there father, it is. Who was, there it fucking yeah. is. Why is it always there, Michael? I know. I know. We were so happy to avoid it, but Man, we just couldn't, could I, we? I was really happy with just some like normal cheating on your wife. Yeah, this is this is the Wikipedia article for Brian's dad. William Francis Frank Houston was a Pentecostal Pentecostal Christian pastor in the Assemblies of God in New Zealand and Australia and a child molester. Damn. <laughs> that is that Holy is the shit. one two multiple allegations we're not going to get into it but he brian his son was investigated for helping cover that up and he's still front and center at hillside oh, yeah. and he's still writing so, books he's still the power behind the throne you can't cheat on your wife mm-hmm. but you can cover up your dad's pedophilia totally acceptable cool okay Good to know. That's who we're dealing with. And that's why and that's why there will be another Carl. And that's why there will continue to be hot pastors. Is because this whole thing is just a grift to continue exploiting yeah. people's labor. And I think going back to uh, Janice's article where she really talks about all of the work that she did. And those sort of consistently pressured expectations. Right. And that you would perform on these things and it would all just be an act of service. Like, it's all just, uh, just exploitational labor, man. <sighs> 
And it shouldn't be because right. we should be serving and giving yeah, freely course. and stuff. But there's a fucking difference between showing up to like bring somebody food or help cook food for needy people and performing on a fucking album that is going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies and not seeing a dime for it. One is service, one is business. Yeah. And and if, if it was going to be an act of service, then that money should be doing the Lord's actual work. Instead of buying those Instead Yeezys. Instead of buying those Yeezys. It's a damn shame. Um, with that said, oh, Carl. I'm curious. I'm curious what happens for Carl next. I'm guessing that he's out the game for sure. Like, unlike a lot of these guys that rebrand, I, I'm guessing that he, like, he was kind of tired of the grift anyway. Yeah. And he's just excited to be out. Maybe he'll, like, be able to save his marriage. Maybe he won't. But either way. Um, I wonder if he goes more, like, sort of Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or he does more Josh Harrison and writes a book that's sort of more irreligious. I'll, I'll be curious. Well, we'll keep tabs on him, though. I mean, I follow him on Instagram, so. <laughs> you got the little notification thing, so dings yeah, every time obviously. You okay. All right. <laughs> Pouring some water on my co-host. And this has been Shitty Christians. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor on Twitter. My name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. Or you can follow the pod at shitty underscore pod. Send us an email, crappychristians at gmail.com. Or um, check out our website, shittychristians.com. Be safe, everybody. Yep. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>